2: Welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Sports fans, golf fans, or just fans, welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon. I am Shane Bacon, and Max, I got to start with something our debut episode well-received people were fans i had a point in the episode about replacing the old school signing a golf glove with handing out gift cards and you and i talked about how we're going to work on that together once the california stretch ends and what do you do this week you hit a fan
3: yeah the good news was i hit somebody who had a had no idea about our podcast, <laughs> which was both good and bad. Um, I hit him in the elbow and I kind of had to feel out the situation, whether he was expecting a cash prize or a glove and he was actually expecting neither, which was great for me. Um, but yeah, that was really bad timing. Uh, I had somebody in the crowd say, Hey, where's the gift cards? And I was like, Oh, you no, know, starting in a couple of weeks. Sorry. Like didn't mean to hit you. Then I did sign a glove and felt, um, I felt like a complete and utter poser. It was, it was really, really bad.
2: Yeah, something I feel like you should do this week at Riv, if it so occurs that you hit a fan, is just sign it and then write on there, listen to Get a Grip. I mean, you've got to plug in the podcast at some point before we get these gift cards.
3: Yeah, there's nothing better than uh, injuring someone and then (laughs) plugging... Booking your own <laughs> podcast for personal gain. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll also tell them to follow me on Twitter, follow me on my new Instagram, and maybe just give me like
2: five bucks. Yeah, the um, the Instagram thing was something I was going to bring up at some point, and I know we've got things to get to today, but I want to say, Max, I think you're you're kind of obsessed with Instagram. I was doing the stats. We were we had an original idea for a show name on this podcast, and it involved something with strokes gained. Your strokes gained Instagram stats. Now, at this point, 15 days into having a personal Instagram, you are more than a post every other day. This is your new thing. Well,
3: you don't do anything, you know, you don't go halfway. So I'm diving all the way in. I'm not going to kind of do it. I'd like to do it, do it. Uh, Also, uh, I've been told by uh, both my wife and uh, multiple others that if you're, you know, posts and feed... I don't know the words. I don't like Instagram. If it, if it looks empty, then it's a lie. you're not doing a good job. You I like Instagram. Don't... Okay. I, the the idea of Instagram, I hate what it does to society. I hate, I'm going to get pretty deep on this right now. <laughs> I don't like that part, but what it, um, I guess, posting pictures and showing how happy I am. I like that. I like now that I actually have to look at pictures of me smiling and be like, Oh yeah, that was a, what a fun day I had.
2: It's interesting how few pictures of scotty the dog have been included because i haven't seen i
3: haven't seen her that's the problem we are on the road without scotty which thanks for reminding me i'll go cry in the corner now (laughs) but i haven't been able to take new pictures of my (laughs) sweet sweet
2: girl this is something lacy mentioned as i was walking with her during the waste management scotty is is a little bit of your good luck charm at this point and you feel like when scotty's around you have been consistently finishing in the top ten. We'll give you a just outside of top ten this week at Pebble Beach, but no Scotty.
3: No Scotty, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I'm sorry to Nick Taylor, all due respect. He's a he's a great player in his own right, but I would have smashed him if Scotty <laughs> was here this week. Oh man. Uh yeah. It was that and in uh in uh Palm Springs, maybe Lacey had said something along the lines of uh, cause she's never seen me win in in person. She's actually uh, my first event, I got a top ten at, which was uh, the fries. My first event as a pro. She actually had to leave on Saturday and miss Sunday, so she didn't get to see that. doesn't I've, you know, I haven't played a lot of great events in my career, as people may know. So uh, she, she has come to most of the not good ones. Uh, so uh, in Palm Springs, where Scotty was, uh, I started final round in ninth and ended up getting fortieth. And she said something along the lines of, "I'm kind of tired of only seeing you get 40th. <laughs> can I see something good one of these days? So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to play good for a
2: month and really show her. Yeah. It's more than just Scotty. That is uh, it's more than what... just
3: Scotty, but it is nice traveling with your little fur baby. I'm not going to lie. Um, it, it's a little difficult at times uh, because uh, we don't stay in like penthouse suite hotel rooms. Um, so it is a little crammed <laughs> and she is uh, kind of an overweight Labrador, but, um, I, I love it. It gives me something to do. Walker, you know, she, she brings so much joy. I know you have the same feeling with, with Harlow. Um, so it's just one of those maybe comforting uh, comforting things that I, I really do love. Uh, it took me a long time to get on board with it. It feels like a ridiculous thing to do on a weekly basis, but uh, trying to do a little bit more.
2: I took Cindy and I took Harlow to the U.S. Amateur at Pebble Beach, I guess, a year and a half ago. Because you can bring dogs to Pebble Beach. Did you, you know there's the a lunch. dog beach there? I, there's rumors. There's rumors <laughs> of them. I'd, I'd have to really dive more into it to fight figure out where it's at. But we took Harlow. We were staying right by in one of those rooms right by the putting green. I took Harlow out one morning to just go on a walk, and she used the restroom on the putting green, and that was the moment where I said, "I think I think Harlow is overstayed her welcome."
3: It only takes one or two bad things, and you start to get really, really uncomfortable. It's <laughs>
2: not just, great. I was waiting to hear from the USGA or from somebody at Fox to tell me no more dogs on the road. But Max, one important thing about what we're doing here is you're not just a guest.
3: I'm a co-host. You're you're a co-host. A you got segue. questions. You're giving me a g- great segue. So, in uh, my best co-host uh, abilities. Speaking of the USGA and oh, there speaking you go. of the US uh, US amateur, um, I wanted to ask you, since we talked so much about me, which I didn't mind last episode, um, <laughs> I think everybody needs to know how you went from a and you know, I don't know if this is disrespectful, small time blogger, as I understand, <laughs> to in the booth at the US Open, um, leading in, you know, Joe Buck. Uh that's that seems like a pretty big, pretty big jump. And I think everybody should know. Uh, how you did it besides just your good looks and nice calves.
2: Yeah, it was. It, thank you. It was uh, back in the day. I was working for an oil and gas company in Denver and I was a writer in college. I wrote for the student newspaper for four years at the university of Arizona. I covered golf and basketball. I did football one season. We were just brutal. We played LSU that season. I think LSU was ranked number two in the country. And one of the little boxes in the newspaper you had to give final score, moment of the game, and player of the game. And I believe Arizona lost 45-0. I gave the player of the game to a cop who tackled a drunk fan who'd run I out on the field. That. that was the player of the game, because we had had literally had nothing positive happen. But I wrote for four years at the newspaper in Tucson, really enjoyed it, started a blog back in the blogging days. Shout-out blogger, blogspot.com. This might even be before you even knew – what was happening on the internet? You were probably in eighth or ninth grade at this point. You were just grinding as an amateur player, trying to trying to get a a collegiate nod at this point. And I was grinding. I was out on on the hustle with dogs that chase cars. Was my first blog. This was I. This was back when you had a blog roll on the side of your blog. That's when you knew it was really official because. You would link to all the other blogs that basically had linked to you. <laughs> this is a whole new world for me. I, I, blog roll. Wow. Oh yeah, this is very important. You know, you you'd shout out the golfer's blog, and there was a there was one called the Sand Trap, and Stephanie Way was out there grinding. Ryan Ballingy. Everybody kind of had their own avenue and outlet, and I started to see my links get picked up on AOL, which was. Becoming one of the lead blogger spots was AOL's Fan House, capital H. So (laughs) it was Fan, capital H, house. That's how he did it. The moment, the the week I was going to quit my job in Denver, I got a full-time offer that same week from AOL to come over there and write. And so I went over there, and I didn't just do golf. I did probably seven, eight, nine sports. This was when there weren't even, it was no Twitter, you would call a story by by replying to a listserv. There was a, a Yahoo Sports, or sorry, AOL Sports listserv. You had to reply all. I got the story on whatever breaking news was happening. You would write it up. It was very minimal amounts of money for stories. But started at AOL, eventually moved over to Yahoo and helped out with the golf blog there and then did some other stuff as well. And as things started to progress and... I don't want to say gained popularity, but my stuff started to get picked up over and over that's places.
3: gaining popularity. That's, I that's wrote, almost the definition of it. I
2: wrote, I wrote major championship golf previews for Deadspin back in the early Will Leach Deadspin days. I reached out to him and was bugging him about letting me write some golf there. Sports by Brooks I wrote some stuff at with leather. These are blogs that you don't even know what they are for the, for the most part besides Deadspin. And I finally started to get some interest in possibly doing some on-camera stuff, and that's where this all led. I was writing for Yahoo and for CBS and went and started working at the Back Nine Network in Hartford, Connecticut. And It was a startup TV network on DirecTV, and it didn't last very long, but I'd gotten an email from Mark Loomis, who is the producer of all the Fox stuff, and I had a non-compete with Back Nine Network, so I couldn't do any other TV stuff. And he was like, basically reaching out to me and saying, I would love for you to come help with some digital stuff if it works out couldn't work out the back nine network went under and i immediately reached out to mark and said is there is there still an available spot for the us <laughs> well uh, here uh, when we met
3: you were doing pj tour live mostly um so i was curious where you obviously have an unbelievable voice for this whole broadcasting thing and podcasting um so I was wondering if uh like the Loomis and people who are really high up if they can actually hear that beautiful voice through the words <laughs> you write in your blogs. I don't know if they're that's like, you know, their secret talent. Or did you have to start doing some things where, you know, people obviously a voice matters so much in that. If if you did some some video stuff, some film stuff and then all of a sudden got uh from PJ Tour or to PJ Tour Live and then up to obviously that's a big jump even from there to Fox.
2: Yeah. You know, there are things on the internet and there were auditions that I had that I would never want anyone to ever see. I auditioned (laughs) for Golf Channel. I don't even think it would be considered an audition. I went to basically stand in for a show and it was, I mean, awful. I was awful. I was nervous. I couldn't get anything out. I think there were moments. I, I feel like it's a little bit in your position, how you're comfortable now, where you're at, you're comfortable seeing your name, t eighth, t sixth. You feel like it's weird if you're not in the hunt week to week. It was, it took a little bit of time for me to get to a position on TV where I felt comfortable, where I knew that whatever I need, whatever information I needed coming up, I could get to. But yeah, the the jump from writing to TV took me a good amount of time because it was something I'd never really done before. So yes, it was it was a leap of faith by a lot of people to to trust in me to possibly help out. You know, the first year I did USGA events for Fox. I did the four ball, the women's four ball at Bandon. I played so much golf that week. <laughs> we played, we played at least around us at Bandon. We played around, but I'm working. We were working, you know, it just, you'd sneak out after the round and go play whichever course was open. And I did digital coverage featured holes at the US Open that year at Chambers Bay. The next year was, was when I would snuck into the Fox and, and FS1 group that was actually on TV, and that was when Paul Azinger came in and Curtis came in. They brought me in to do some of the interviews, and off we went. But yeah, it was a, it was a leap of faith. I, I tell Mark Loomis all the time, thank you, thank you, thank you, when, when we talk, when we chat, because you know he was the guy that, that basically grabbed me and, and said, I'll help you out let's go and let's see how it works out so yeah, it's it was been obviously a, it's been a lot mutual
3: you you helped quite a bit too i think that a lot of people especially because you do have a cool slot on uh at least for the u.s open where obviously you guys get the most most viewership where your uh i don't know eight hour session you guys show the most <laughs> golf the most random golf kind of what people have been craving a little bit so uh i think you are in such a great spot where it's I would say obviously not the main, main spot, but that's kind of good because that's what the sicko golf folks want to see more of. So you actually get to you and you and, and and Brad get to actually present that to us. And, uh, you are one of those golf sickos. So it's kind (laughs) of nice, uh, that you already know something about, uh, you know, the, the mid, the mid-level world-class golfer that is at the U S open. So that's always been a, uh, a treat to listen to. And I think that's probably why it's been so successful.
2: Yeah. What I love about what we do with our coverage at Fox is, you know, we get, we get the PJ tour one week, we get the LPGA tour one week, we get the senior players one week, but every single event we do is basically like we're broadcasting a different tour. So the homework needs to be done. You've got to be prepared for the junior AMS or the girls, junior AMS, the amateurs, the pros, whatever championship is playing that week but it's fun to get different people. I mean, I'm sure getting to do the PGA Tour week in week out is amazing, but it's also pretty cool to get a chance to wipe the slate clean and start completely fresh with what we do and we get a chance to do it at these crazy awesome golf courses. So, I feel yeah, like that's courses, the most fun. You don't fun.
3: see a lot too. That's also pretty awesome. You you know, we Pebble you do see, but you know, go into somewhere like Chambers Bay or somewhere like Aaron Hills and all these places that you I mean, I wouldn't have even seen them had I not played like the US Amateur run up that like the USGA was kind of testing out on us. I would have no idea what some of these places are. So it's cool that you get to present a golf course that, and a great golf course uh, that people may not have even heard of, let alone ever seen, obviously on TV.
2: You mentioned Pebble. I want to just transition back to the pro-am for just a little bit, because I think there's a few things to knock off from your week. First of all, I still see this, the remnants of, this mustache that did you get talked into the mustache from Aaron Rodgers? Is that what happened?
3: Yes, it was. It was um, It was our deal uh, to be teammates. He told me a few months, a couple months ago that I have no flair and I need a more flair uh, <laughs> to be on team, team 12. <laughs> and um, so I just, I said stupidly now, uh, well, what if I had a mustache? You know, would that work? And he obviously jumped right in on that. Um, I also had kind of forgotten about this deal. Uh, on sunday so to everybody telling me how ugly and 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 scraggly and not thick it is uh, this has been like five days which i'm pretty proud of uh so i don't know it's uh not the best look but i think i'm going to keep it going for a little bit just just so people oh, can man. see how, how nice it looks
2: you're going to keep it going into rib i don't know
3: aaron seemed to really like it man when when aaron Rodgers tells you to do something you kind of want to do it <laughs> it just feels right
2: so i follow golf closely for the most part, all year long. I had a question for you about the Pebble Beach Pro-Am presented by AT&T, because I don't know the answer to this, and I've followed the championship and the event for a long time. How do the pairings work with the amateurs? Because you are a cow guy playing with a cow guy. You see Dustin Johnson playing with Wayne Gretzky. There's obviously collaborations that were on purpose, but I feel like there's plenty others that were random
3: yeah um well this was the first year i had learned anything about it i mean obviously understood maybe a little bit how it worked Um uh, i got a call from aaron not you know a couple months ago asking if i had wanted to play with him um i said i'd think it over uh, <laughs> <laughs> no i jumped on it then he uh you know he kind of said that he would talk to the term director so i'm assuming that the ams uh and I mean, definitely the celebrities, I, I would imagine, um, have a lot of, a lot of pull and can, and can kind of suggest who they should play with or just ask for who they should play with. Uh, Aaron, I think essentially set up most of our group cause he gets, gets to kind of pick the other celebrity we play with Chris O'Donnell. So he gets to pick the other celebrity we play with. And, um, then the pro unless, you know, I don't think Chris and Charlie weren't, uh, you know, well-acquainted Charlie Hoffman. Sorry. That's who we, that was our fourth. uh, They weren't super well-acquainted by any means. So I think that then they just kind of fill somebody who is in my category for the tournament. So had I been a, uh, you know, someone coming off the corn ferry tour and I was playing with Aaron, I would imagine that we would be in a, you know, one of those tea time slots uh, with another corn ferry player. Um, In this case, we needed somebody in whatever category I'm in currently. And so it kind of worked out, but yeah, you see, a lot of these guys play, obviously, like Wayne and Dustin play every year. Um, so, you know, Pat Perez plays with um, the uh, Lund. The, uh, they won a couple of years ago, the guy who started Pandora Jewelry. So you kind of get these friendships or, or you know, I guess good teams. Struman and Fitzgerald win every <laughs> year, it seems like. Uh, so, you know, that I think that obviously they are able to call Steve John, the term director, say, hey, I want to play with him. They have quite a bit of pull since it is, you know, Um, such tradition to have these celebrities and these, um, you know, multi-multi-millionaire, influential people, uh, CEOs, uh, participate in the tournament. Uh, They obviously give them, I think, quite a bit of room to make it as enjoyable for themselves uh, as they possibly can.
2: And you had a good week. You finished just outside the top 10. You had it rolling on Sunday. But the conditions just, it looked, it just looked brutal, Max. It looked, the golf course looked, Windy, tough. Greens were really, really firm. And we watched the leader struggle. We watched the amateur struggle. You were able to get it in in a very, very respectable Sunday score. But it just seemed like it got tougher and tougher by the minute as you guys were kind of trying to finish up.
3: Yeah, I love Pebble. Pebble is, I think, such a great layout. Uh, Unfortunately for this event, it usually rains, so it's usually quite soft, and there's nothing you can do about that. I remember your US Open you did, people were complaining about how it wasn't hard enough and wasn't firm enough, and I'm sitting there just thinking to myself, if you let it go and that (laughs) sun comes out, it's going to become bordering on impossible because you can't be over any green or long of any green at 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 Pebble. If the greens are fast enough, which they obviously are at the US Open and they were this week. So at some point the greens are so small that uh if it becomes overly firm, there's not a lot you can do. This week was a perfect amount of firm. You could play to front numbers. Um and, and get it to pin high, but you were going to have 40 feet. If you took a shot on, you better, you know, hit a high cut or something clever in there. A lot of the greens run away at first right over a bunker and then kind of pitch back uphill. So it, it demands precision. The front nine played quite easy in the sense that, you know, you got the first few holes uh, that weren't too difficult. You got them kind of downwind or a little bit more benign wind. But then once you turn to eight and nine and 10, even though eight, nine, and 10 kind of played downwind, Nine is always hard. You're hitting a second shot off a down slope. 10 is obviously a difficult hole. And then when you turned, you're playing the rest of the golf course straight into the wind with very firm greens. Uh, I didn't find the greens to be, um, bumpy, like normal years. They were so good, so smooth, but you'd be above the hole. 11 killed me. I I hit it in the fairway. I kind of, Puffed a second shot just a little bit, but it felt like an okay swing. End up short right in a really tough spot. Hit an okay chip down there to four or five feet, but I'm above the hole. (laughs) However, at Pebble, it's difficult. It's hard to be below the hole and not be 40 feet. Right. I hit a putt especially that, on 11, especially on 11, that pin was in the middle right corner where every anyone who's been there knows uh, you're four feet left from having 50 feet from the front. And you also would rather be there most likely than where I end up having this five footer from hit an okay putt. You have to hit, I, I hit it so softly. I, I cannot believe how fast it was, but I felt like I barely breathed on it, you know, kind of turned too far left, misses the hole by an inch. And then I have four feet coming back hit a good pub in the second one, actually. And I I think it hit a little bump. And then um, as you know, we all are supposed to say that, um, (laughs) you know, I I didn't, (laughs) this is is one (laughs) of my
2: favorite pro things. It's the pro cover up. I got to tell a max story. So probably four or five weeks ago, Homa comes over to the house to watch a playoff game. And we have the Sony on the other TV, which was live because it was prime time. You obviously played, at the tournament of champions, but you didn't play it, it while I were watching it. I'm not sure who it was, but it was like an eight footer. They missed it. And you go grain must've got him." Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, you're such a, that's <laughs> such a pro excuse. The grain must've got him. I looked at you and I go, maybe he had a bad putt.
3: Maybe, but I mean, do we ever, do we ever really make mistakes? The <laughs> do, you either admit, misread it.
2: <laughs> do you admit that if you make like during you're locked in when you play, obviously. I mean, oh, you know, I admit, everybody is. I
3: admit when I do something, okay. that's why when I, when I, when I say that I hit the bump, I did see it hit a bump. Cause I'll admit when I hit a bad putt, the day, be, day before I missed one on 10, that was short. And I pulled, I hit it too hard. Um, and I came over to Joe and said, I hit it too hard, but I said, that was such a hard putt. You know, that's where I'm covering up. I'm saying like, this was really difficult, but you know, here's my so, disclaimer, here's my disclaimer. But on that, the second putt I did hit it. Okay. Putt. Um, and I did think it hit a bounce, but I like to admit when I do, when I mess up, cause I don't think that we should think that we ever would that we never make a mistake. I think that it's good to, because then you have something to work on or you can almost even look back on that later in the round and, and just, be a little more self-aware, I guess, and say, hey, this is what I was feeling. Maybe that's why it caused me to hit a bad putt. But that one I truly didn't. And that's what was so difficult about Pebble that day is I felt like I didn't play that hole too bad. Great drive, kind of a five out of 10 second shot. and But I'm trying to leave it below the hole, which I do. Then tough chip first putt bordering on, you know, not impossible to make, but bordering on impossible to get in, even inside a foot. And then you miss a four footer because, you know, everybody, uh, all the golf gods wanted you to uh, have to explain yourself later on. on your <laughs> how, I made six, how I made
2: six on 11 from the fairway. When, when I was watching those guys come through, and Jeff Shackelford jumped in on the, the 12th, the, the green there at 12, the par three. I was thinking to myself, and we never brought this up, during the US Open, because it never really occurred to me. But can you think of right now, when the conditions are like they were on Sunday, tougher greens back to back than 11 and 12 at Pebble? Because I feel like 11, you know, Phil playing behind you hit a wedge on 11, it landed on the green, spun all the way off some 15, 20 feet off the front of the green. And then 12, everybody was struggling there.
3: Yeah. Um, that's a great question. I I never really thought about the whole back-to-back thing there, but yes, it it is quite difficult. Uh the difficult real difficulty of 12 though, obviously the green is 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 penal and it's a really small landing spot to any pin, but the problem with that hole yesterday was the wind kept kind of moving. Um obviously a hole that is has a super precise land number. Uh, I don't remember what the front number was, but you had to land it about four on. The difficulty with that is that when the wind, we had a north wind, but it would wave from northwest to northeast and it would just kind of like tick around all day. And usually that doesn't matter too much, but on that, you really needed to know whether you needed to hold a shot against the wind, whether you're going to ride one. If the golf club was perfect, you could hit a straight one, but for me, I thought it was a perfect six iron and I hit it quite well. I held it maybe two yards against the wind. And then as we're walking up, you could kind of feel that it was a little more into the wind than you thought. So I come up just short of the green. not in the worst spot, but really not a great spot because now you're chipping, you know, kind of over the corner of the bunker, you have a down slope, then an up slope, and it's just a little bit in the rough. So it's just one of those shots where you obviously it's not luck to hit the green or to hit it close, but you have to almost have the perfect club for that shot. And you have to time the wind also perfectly because I hit a flush six iron. It was it a 10 out of 10 shot. No, it was just under though. I wouldn't have traded it. If you, you know, if you had hit that golf shot with no wind, you would have been very pleased with it. Um, but that's the beauty of pebble. It, it, it is very demanding, uh, and it, uh, you have to be very precise and you really need to have the feel on certain shots and, And all that just to to not only be able to execute, but be able to make all of your um, everything you're putting into the shot, you know, be correct.
2: Okay, I'm going to let you now wax poetically about a week with Aaron Rodgers. But before we get to Aaron, let's take a quick break. Welcome back to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bake, and it's that time, Max. The time of this podcast, the lone time this year where you get a chance just to talk about your week playing alongside Aaron Rodgers. So let's let's hear a couple stories, a couple of great moments, and you can give us an evaluation of the golf game.
3: All right, um, I'm going to gush a little bit. This this guy is one of my favorite athletes I've gotten to watch and it's been pretty cool that he went to the same colleges as I did. So I've been able to watch him since, uh, gosh, he's so much older than me, uh, probably <laughs> since high school or something, uh, but no, he, um, uh, ever since we decided to set this thing up or he decided to set this thing up, uh, he, you could tell how much he loves golf. He pays a lot of attention. He'll message me or, or we'll face him after rounds. And he'll ask me all kinds of really thoughtful and great questions about the actual round of golf. Um, so getting to play with him, I was pretty excited. Uh his caddy Eric is an awesome dude. We were so lucky. They him, uh, you know, Aaron, uh, his girlfriend Danica, uh, and then Eric and his wife Sarah all let us stay at their rental house for the week. So we all got to get uh get to know each other and it was a blast. Really felt like a team. Uh Aaron Rodgers is extremely competitive. <laughs> People were watching. Breaking news. Breaking down my rounds uh, you know, the weeks prior to us. Talking about how we were going to strategize, how to prepare for the week. Um, this week, you could just tell he really wanted to play well. He hadn't made the cut here before, and he really, really wanted to. Um, all week, it was kind of a, you know, topic of discussion uh, at dinner and 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 uh, just kind of around, um, you know, around the living room. We were just talking about we're making that cut. We're getting to Sunday. We're getting this getting to Sunday. Uh, but you could tell he really, he really wanted it. I would. I was a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Uh, my first hole at spy played absolutely horrible. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm, I had promised him all week. I said, I'm getting you to Sunday. I'm playing well. Uh, we'll, we'll be there. And I, of course, start off just like the most bizarre, odd par of all time. And then I kind of got it going. Uh, but it was fun. You could really tell why he's such an accomplished and amazing athlete. Uh, he's truly gets the mental side of things. He's incredibly cerebral while obviously matching it with, quite a bit of athleticism. And uh it was really fun. Uh it was odd to see someone who is so accomplished, um, so kind of otherworldly with what he does. He's won a Super Bowl. He's a Super Bowl MVP, he's MVP, he's got all these accolades and we were walking up on Saturday, and I'd hit the fairway on 18, as did he actually. And we were inside the cut now by three or four. And he came over to me and truly, sincerely said, thank you so, so much. (laughs) Like, this means a ton to me. And I'm like, dude, thank you. Like, this is a dream for me. Like, I'm playing with one of my favorite uh, athletes ever. And now, you know, someone who I, I consider a friend. And I mean... It was it was kind of one of those weird. I had to keep pinching myself at times. Dude, you're playing 18 at Pebble with Aaron Rodgers. You're doing dishes with Aaron Rodgers, talking about South Park, like stuff <laughs> like that. I was like, what life am I living? And now you know, Aaron Rodgers is thanking you for getting him to Sunday right. when I couldn't. I couldn't be more thankful of him. So it was so cool. It was fun to watch him play. Well, his game is is actually pretty good. He he drives, he drives it so well. He hits it really really far um, and. It, really accurate the first couple of days we were there he was a little rusty with the accuracy but he drove it amazing his wedges are the only area of his game that is a little you know it needs work he just kind of you know somebody who drives it well usually doesn't hit their irons super great and he kind of is that guy um but we worked on his short game a little bit that got better fast and what i say about kind of all athletes and all gamers is when they get the putter in their hand I don't care what their stroke looks like. I don't care about anything. They make the putts they're supposed to and that they need to. And that's what he did all week. And it was, it was cool to see, but it's cool to see somebody like that lock in. I was fortunate enough uh, to ask him questions about the difference or the, the, the similarities he sees in great golf and great football. I'm not going to share it because that's now how I'm going to be great at golf. (laughs) Um, So that was cool. But just in general, uh, it's fun to play a tournament with someone who seems to care so much about golf and really respect what, what I'm doing and and what, what we're doing out there. Um, and also just be genuinely kind and root for me so much. He would come over constantly and be like, dude, you're so good. You're so good at this. You're such a baller. And I'm like, dude, every time I say you are like, you are that, but it was cool. I mean, you could tell why he's such a great leader and why he's had so much success. It, It truly is, uh, I feel so lucky that I got to spend all that time with him. And uh, I'm just really glad that we played well on top of it. Cause you could tell he cared. You could tell he really wanted to, wanted to, to make it to Sunday. And we did, and it seemed like he had a blast. And that was to me, uh, uh, most of my goal was for him to have fun and play well. So it was, it was really cool to see
2: what, this is an event that I feel like the juxtaposition from the people in Monterey, in Carmel, playing in this event versus the people at home watching. You know, everybody complains about how much amateur coverage there is on Saturday. I'm not obviously a person that complains either way on coverage because, A, I'm in the business, and B, I understand there's boxes to be checked. But when you go from the Waste Management Phoenix Open, which is the wildest, craziest event all season long you're going to play, to this event that is quiet it buzzes you get a chance to play with as you said somebody you've looked up to and now you call a friend how much fun is the event how much different is this event than everything else you play in throughout the year considering as you said you've kind of got one eye on your partner even though you're still trying to do what you do for a living
3: yeah it's actually interesting um waste management is obviously crazy, but this event with Aaron Rodgers in the Bay area where you have, you know, Cal fans, but also Niners fans. Uh, it's very interesting. I thought it was actually probably more distracting this week because the fans that came out weren't golf fans per se. They were Aaron Rodgers fans, which they should be, um, last week in, uh, the waste management, as much as they would not like for me to say this, they are smart. They're smart fans. They know what a bad shot is. They know when to be quiet. They actually, even when they're heckling you, they know when to yell. Like they are very um, calculated Uh, Aaron's is just a lot of, you know, a lot of Nick Bosa chants for no reason, just (laughs) screaming at him as he walks. And they obviously don't care anything about me. And that's totally fine. I get it. Um, With the coverage, when people complain about this event on TV, I understand why they complain. I understand that they want to see more golf, but you come out, like I've said this before, you come out to this event and tell me that this is not, that they do not want to see more celebrities. That's why people are there. We had Bill Murray in the group in front of us. We obviously had Aaron in our group and the amount of joy, excitement, buzz, especially on Saturday, it's it's crazy. On Saturday, we had, I would say, six deep walking down the first tee just so they could see Aaron and Chris O'Donnell. I mean, and I'm going to, you know, kind of get my partners back here, probably just for Aaron. You know, we're in his his area, in his hood of, you know, where he's had so much success with football and then also even just a little bit of a rivalry. Uh, So it's just... They bring all of the buzz to the tournament. I would be shocked to see how much me- how many people would probably be there if we didn't have a celebrity thing. So yeah, you got to put it on TV. I'm sorry to the people who think that it is so boring, but it just it, you you have to have a wider range of understanding of what some other people want to see. And you play this event, you see all week. Even in the practice rounds, we'd find people that were coming up in in Packers jerseys and 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 trying to get a look at him so yeah they want to watch him they followed him for 18 holes on saturday literally every shot certain people came the whole way just to maybe get an autograph get a picture or just to watch him play they truly enjoyed watching him so i'm sorry but this is a once a year thing we can all deal with it it was very very fun and like i said come out to the event and tell me that the buzz is not created by all these celebrities
2: what's the most clutch shot aaron hit for you guys this week
3: He had a lot of great short game shots, which was funny because he had complained about it so much. But uh, I thought the tides, we had to make the turn on Saturday. I knew everybody was a little bit nervous. I was even a bit nervous because, like I said, we were so locked into making the cut. Um, And we got to 10, and I had actually hit it close, but I had a a tough putt, and he had about 15 feet. And he hadn't made... We hadn't had like a long putt go in for him yet. We hadn't had a big moment yet where something just like crazy happened. And uh, we were about to make that turn to 11 to 18, where it was going to get really hard. And Aaron was popping on 10 and he made about a 20 footer down the hill. And it was kind of the first time where three we for got two, that, three for two. Nice. And we got the buzz going and I could feel like he kind of got relieved a little bit uh, to get his thing out of the way. So, I thought that was pretty cool, but he had a lot of clutch shots he hit got up and down on four at spy the first day from um the the dunes from like a hole hit it to a foot should have gone in so he did stuff like that he you could kind of tell with him that the more difficult the shot, the more his athleticism turned on you know it was less uh less uh robotic and less try to try to be perfect. it was more i'm gonna feel this thing out, and that's like I said that's why you could tell why he's so so good at football um he he is such a field player and can really lock in when he needs to and when it was more demanding he seemed to really find his his um uh, you know kind of happy medium of of good mechanics while also you know finding the club face and ball and matching what he's seeing in
2: his head just for a moment since you were out there doing this just explain to the people listening how good was Jordan Speeth 67 on Sunday
3: unbelievable uh we did talk about it a bit in our group actually uh it i felt like to shoot a really low round you going off the back was the way to do it um
2: cuz you got him out early
3: you got him out early I, it might have been a little less windy now i'm not saying that it was but it might have been a little less windy but it also i was more referencing when we were talking in the group the mental part of it that if you do somehow shoot one under on that front nine or even or even like level par, you turn to one and all of a sudden it's just, all right, like now I can go where, you know, for me, um, you get through, you know, n- 10 holes at two under, and then you turn and it feels a lot more like hang on golf, uh, which is so impressive by Jordan to be able to just keep firing. Um, I'm so happy to see it. He is truly my favorite golfer to watch. I think he's the most relatable
2: why is that? We, we explain why why you enjoy watching him play,
3: Jordan, uh, in the height of Dustin Johnson, who is a physical f- specimen, an absolute freak of nature. Um, Rory, uh, JT, all these guys. Um, you know, Jason Day, Brooks. Like he, Jordan doesn't hit it super far by any means. He he is kind of our common man's golfer who was number one in the world, like had the best year that I can remember in a while. And you can look at him and think, how are you doing this? When you, when you see what Dustin can do with, with just the sheer length of, of his drives and, and how far he can hit the golf ball. Same with obviously Brooks and JT. And you look at him and be like, man, you're really like cerebral and you're kind of beating them down based off of how you go about your rounds. And then now I know he's had a a, a bit of a struggle Um, but I've, I've so enjoyed watching him play and even, you know, I don't enjoy watching him play poorly by any means. Like I said, he's my favorite, favorite person to watch, but for me, selfishly, I feel like I'm learning, watching him play. You can see his, his brain going, you can see his genius come out almost even more because he has to, you know, maneuver his way around the golf course a little bit differently. Uh, he has an unbelievable short game. He's obviously a great putter. Um, and it's, it's been, uh, I've been saying it for a while. I, I know he's going to get his game back. He's too good. He's he's, like I said, too much of a golf genius. Um, so it's fun to watch him go out on a golf course that is playing absolutely, brutally difficult and shoot five under. And I mean, honestly, I'm sure he's very happy about it, but it's probably like it's nothing again. And maybe this will spark something, hopefully for him going forward, because I think everybody likes uh, a world with more Jordan Spieth in it.
2: For sure. I have some exciting news for you. Oh, uh, you're sitting down. I know you're sitting down. You sure now you I got the smile sitting. on your face. I Do I need me to lay down? I can't look at anything except your mustache. mustache right now. Right. Well, I jealousy. jumped on I was, I was feeding Henry this morning and I figured I'd I'd jump on the old cell phone and check where Max Homa sits on the Aeon Risk oh, Reward boy. Challenge for two thousand twenty. T sixteenth. Not bad. Top twenty right week? now. <laughs> it was 18 at Pebble. Damn it! I mean, <laughs> he didn't bogey play on great. the last. <laughs> God, but you got 10 at Riv this week, so you've got oh, you've got yeah. a chance to to make up for it. It's a real easy hole. Hit driver down there, you'll make three every day throughout the week.
3: Yeah, I'm just gonna keep. Uh, yeah, I'll just drive the green, bury a 75 footer every day. <laughs> it's a pretty simple strategy.
2: Well, all year last year, you and I, when we would meet up and have lunch or go play golf, we would check in and you were floating in the 80 and 90. So I was excited. I didn't know you'd be where you're at. You've played solid throughout the year, but top 20 is huge. You are currently tied with Matt Jones and Cameron. Don't call me Cam Champ at T-16th right now. Trailing Charles Howell III and our champion, Nick Taylor, are just in front of you. So you got some work to do, but you're in a good position, Max. I'm proud of you.
3: I'm in a good spot. I I already know Nick. Nick is too focused on winning golf tournaments and not on the Aon, so I'm going to rule him out. Charles Howell's going to be tough to beat because he I don't know think has ever made a bogey ever, so that's going to be a tough one. But I'll uh, I'll try to play for broke a little bit. Uh, tie with Matt Jones. Um, man, he's going to be also tough to beat. I did see him warming up in the fairway bunker uh, this entire this entire week at, at Pebble, so hopefully he's already planning. On hitting it in the, <laughs> the fairway bunker at 10, which I mean, I don't think he knows this, but not a good
2: strategy. That's so a 5. I think That's backfire. a 5 or a yeah, 6. That's backfire. right.
3: I really like my chances.
2: If you're out this week at Riv, and you're over by the 10th, and you see our man Max Homer roll in a nice birdie putt from about 8 feet as he's going to 11, just give him a just give him an A on fist bump. He'll be, he'll know what you're talking about. He'll be know what excited. you're
3: talking about. Yeah, we'll, we'll know we're going from 16th and then chipping away, maybe get to 12th by next week. And then slowly, <laughs> slowly finish the season atop to that, top that coveted leaderboard.
2: So you did something this week. I think it was for scratch or for the PGA tour, but you did a roast your swing of these celebrities. And I hadn't seen it. And I had one of my favorite things when it's an AT&T event is they have on the Directv 700s. They have all the digital channels, but you can watch them on your TV. Well, your featured group went on, I believe it was Saturday late. So I got to watch like the last six, seven holes of your round. You were roasting some swings and then Colt Ford comes on.
3: He came at Agg- me, man.
2: Aggressive, aggressive, threatens you. Threatened
3: me. Uh, I actually got to meet him that uh, that night at the cut party. And uh, he was talking to Aaron and Aaron introduced me. And I said, yeah, I'm the guy that was doing the." the swing roast and he lit up actually he goes no way he goes what'd you say oh gosh please say you were nice i was like no man like you intimidated me i was i was getting out of there i i, I totally <laughs> bailed he goes what he goes it's fine i said no, no no and then aaron of course has said you know wait what are you guys talking about and i said uh, and Colt told him, he said, "If I see you on the range this week, you better be careful." Uh, so uh, we had a good laugh. But um, it's hard that that swing row stuff. If people don't know, first of all, I do get this question at tournaments. It is me. I am not. I do not have a ghostwriter. writer. Um, so I really do it. But it, the, you you get a lot of them, and you have to siphon through or sift through a lot of them. Uh, to find the ones that fit and that work. Uh, a lot of you guys that send them to me, I appreciate it. When you have a obviously good swing, maybe don't send it. I don't really know what you want me to tell you. Or the other than that, you know, you're pretty swing play. clearly isn't working. Yeah. I mean, it's good like compression. Pointless. Yeah. So uh, they had me do it live. Uh, so that's tough. It's, Dude, it was impossible. They, did t- they didn't They did tell me that. They said I was going to get some time to look at him, and then all of a sudden I'm on camera seeing golf swings and need to make up stuff on the- off the top of my head. So probably rather wouldn't have done it, but, um, oh, well, it worked out. It was kind of fun. Got to, you know, talk to Chris Berman, um, you know, all these people, Macklemore, like all these people. Like, again, it was another pinch me moment. Like, what? how am I in this room?
2: Can we talk about <laughs> – macklemore's outfits dude they are so waggy where do you get where here's what i always wonder where do you you do you can't find that anywhere in those are handmade from someone it was unbelievable apparently the socks matched
3: yo they they matched he he had all of all of the swag um and it was pretty cool because he's only been playing golf for a few months this is obviously the first big golf term he's been in and That's something I would aspire to be that comfortable in my own skin to show up to something that you've never done before and absolutely own your attire. Just own it. And he (laughs) honestly... He looked okay. You got used to it. You know, the first time I saw him in all the yellow, I'm like, who's this guy in all yellow? And then when he said Macklemore, I'm like, okay. Did you, you, think, it it. Did you think, no, it think it was Sergio? Did you think it was a throwback? I didn't think it was Sergio. No. Throwback uh, to Hoyle? To the, yeah, Hoyle, like the banana costume.
2: Oh, Tweety, man.
3: That's, that yeah, was a not, tough look. Not my favorite. Not my favorite outfit he's pulled off.
2: No, it wasn't perfect. Uh, I want to get to some segments. We're already 45 minutes in. These things go fast. These things go fast. And I promise man. you, we are going to try to cut the podcast to about an hour as we move forward, but we got a lot to say.
3: Shane made me talk about him. The whole first uh, part of this podcast. Like I made uh, you talk about me last time. So that cuts into 20 yeah.
2: Now. that. That's fair. That was all my fault. All right. We're going to get to segments before we get to segments. Let's take a real quick, but br- I don't actually know how fast the break is. It might be two minutes. We're going to take a break though. And then we'll get to some segments. All right, we're back for some segments, and we start with good idea, dumb idea. My good idea last week was what I think is going to come to fruition, which I'm very excited about. The If you hit somebody, you have to let them grab back out of the gift cards. If anybody knows the guy that Max plunked this past week at Pebble Beach, will you point him our way? We're going to send him a gift card. We're going to figure some sort of way to get the guy a, a gift card. I feel like he deserves it. I don't really have a great good idea, dumb idea, but I did want to tell you a dumb thought I had this week for probably a day and a half. So Charles Schwartzel is now sponsored by Clear on his hat, Clear and it's on the, oh, side. the Airport Clear. Dude, I thought it was Airport Clear for a day and a half. It's oh, I think, I, it's too. A, I, think oh, I thought it was the TSA pre check. All I could think was Clear's doing well. You know, I mean Schwartzl's a masters champ.
3: They're everywhere then, because they get come up on you <laughs> out of the side, kind of like you know, hey, <laughs> look at the front of the line. And you're like, whoa, who are you? Uh, so I thought they were kind of trying to jump on a uh, jump on a more mainstream way of doing that.
2: No, it was it, it's a di- it's a different company. I, I don't so know, what I think is it's, it? I think it's a golf club company or something. It's it's something within golf. I didn't have to, I was too lazy to actually look up what it was, but I texted our our friend Andy Johnson of the fried egg, and I said, I I thought it was clear, the airport clear for for at least the weekend, and he said the same thing, and then you said the same thing. So I feel a little bit more justified with my thought, but no, (laughs) Schwarzel does not have the pre-TSA, pre-check sponsorship, which I, if anybody out there works for the clear TSA pre-check, and they want to sponsor our boy, there's definitely some areas on a shirt that you could get the logo on, I believe. Yeah, um what's open on you? What sponsorship? It. What spots do we have open for you right now?
3: Well, I I've always dreamed of having. Here's I'm going to I'm going to use the segment for this. Here's my good idea, but it's oh, a selfish it. good idea. Uh just give me cash and I'll <laughs> I'll just put a money sign on my shirt somewhere. Okay. And, and and then I'll shout out your name in every in every aspect. This is now sounding more like a dumb idea, so I don't know why so I mean, it's, it was a it's good teetering idea. on both. It was a good idea for
2: me. Okay, so let's just now let's let's do real cool. We'll, we'll we'll do a role play here. Okay, so we're gonna say Rockstar Energy Drink comes to you, and you present them with this idea. So now you're you're you've got the money sign on your shirt. Now you and I are at a post run interview. You just shot sixty seven at Riv. Here we go. Matt, Max, you played really well out there. Hit some great iron shots. Rockstar, rockstar, rockstar. <laughs> so, yes, I, I did hit some good shots. Valionis <laughs> is not going to like that interview. She's well, going to she's gonna have to get away from it.
3: She's allowed to buy the money spot on, on my shirt. That's, that's <laughs> the beauty of it. It will change every week to whoever gives me the most amount of cash, straight cash.
2: This is the Jason Duffner hat idea that you yeah. brought to the shirt. This is
3: teetering. This is, you know, an idea is really good when it's like Humpty Dumpty on the wall. It could fall (laughs) either way. It could sit up there and look good. Uh, You're not sure what side of the fence this idea is on. That's how you know you're in the sweet spot.
2: Best thing you heard this week from the gallery.
3: Uh, There were honestly very many good ones again. Uh, Last week, like I said, they're funnier. Uh, My favorite thing that happened, though, was Aaron uh, and Eric uh, had said that Eric, Aaron gets a bit spicy on the golf course and we hadn't heard a lot of taunting for the first two days and he had played pretty good, nothing great. And on Saturday I told him how I was really ready for somebody to come at him. And he, he said, he'll, he'll, you know, if he's annoyed, he'll, he'll go right back at him. So I was waiting for somebody to say something and no one was saying anything and we're kind of cruising, but I needed him to get a little spark. I thought if he got a little spark in him and from the heavens up way up on the Hill on six, someone said, (laughs) f you rogers you suck (laughs) and i looked at him with my eyes big and i was smiling and eric looks at me and 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 you know aaron gives his famous little grin i'm like all right i said this is what we we needed. i said he's gonna get locked in and spite this fan um so that was my personal favorite we heard a lot of them um some stuff that's just so dumb he would take pictures with people and as he's walking away people would yell go niners and dumb stuff like that uh but other than that um you know, it wasn't a lot of any, not, not a lot of clever fans no. up here. I'm, I'm an L.A. sports fan, so not surprised to see the Bay Area sports fans kind of not have anything, anything wow. unique to say.
2: Subtle shot from Max Shot's Homer. Fired. I got a I got an Aaron Rodgers golf course story that fits with what you just told me. Oh, please. I was at the U.S. Open, I believe, 2012 when it was at Olympic, when Webb won. First two rounds they would paired, I believe, Tiger, Phil, and Bubba.
3: Yep, Tiger, Phil, Bubba. Phil wore, as my friend who does not watch golf, but went to that event. Phil wore uh, an outfit that he labeled space pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty, Yeah, it was pretty spot on. If people can look, look that up and tell me that they're not space pajamas. I would be, I would be shocked.
2: I will tweet out when the episode drops at Shane Bacon, I will find the picture from Olympic and I will tweet out his space pajamas outfit. <laughs> so, I'm walking, I'm, I'm riding for CBS Sports at the time. I'm following these three inside the ropes, no big deal. Behind me, I hear a, hey, man, wait up. I turn around, it's Aaron Rodgers. So he catches up to me and just wanted to ask, how are they playing? Who's playing well? What's Tiger doing? Because if you remember Tiger, that was when he was kind of hoi-laking Olympic. Remember, he was hitting yeah, nine yeah. off every tee, and he was either tied for the lead or a shot back after 36 holes. So Aaron has the hat pulled down low. He's a big dude. I mean, he's a lot bigger he's than you think. He's a big think. dude, yeah. Hat pulled pull down low. As we're walking, you know, it's 8, 10, 12 deep. People start to notice it's Aaron Rodgers. So he's starting to get hackles, starting to get hackles, starting to get hackles. He's paying no mind to anyone. And remember how I believe they started, they'd start on 9? Was that the U.S. Open? Yeah, where it's they
3: it's our 9 because of the where the par 3 and par 4 run, it's not very close to the...
2: Clubhouse. Right. So we would we would walk I would walk off eight if I wanted to go to the media center and, you know, ride or collect whatever. And so I was about to leave and I was like, hey man, I'm about to go. And as we we're walking, some guy goes, Hey Rogers, my Vikings are gonna kick your ass this year. And he hadn't paid any attention to a single comment. And he just stops and turns to the guy, super cool, and goes, Unlikely story, bro. He <laughs> yeah. just yeah. keeps walking, and I was like, unbelievable. This guy's unbelievable.
3: He picks his spots. And when he when he uh, when he executes his game plan, it's almost always gets a little chuckle or or some sort of some sort of good response. He he I think he knows better than to respond to too many, but he'll pick his spots. He, he's <laughs> he got it. He's got it figured out.
2: What's the worst thing you heard this week? And that might just tie into the best thing you heard this week. Yeah, you it just was said. the
3: same. It was the same one. Same that, guy yeah same guy Bryce Fonus they also just the people just screaming Nick Bosa like that just somehow rattles him uh, to his core
2: well you know what's weird about that is they didn't win the Super Bowl
3: thank you I, that that's what we we were talking about that leading in i asked uh, Aaron who like wanted to win or who i should root for in the Super Bowl and he didn't really know um but he did say that if the Niners won it would be kind of insufferable up in uh up at the tournament so Now I'm double glad they didn't win because first (laughs) off, you know, our, our buddy and my best friend, Peter, uh, he would be just even worse than usual with his, uh, his Giants (laughs) fandom. And now his Niners finally winning something. Uh, so that helped me. And also, um, obviously this week would have been, would have been kind of, kind of brutal, but I wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk about the Riviera event coming up because it is my personal master's. Uh, although for the first time, I'm realizing I can't say that because I am playing in actually the Masters this year. Um, so I, w- I want to talk uh, about this uh, real quick because I do think it's the best golf course of the year. Uh, I don't know how many times you have played it. Have you played it uh, multiple times?
2: I've played it once do in my you, life.
3: Do you love Teed off
2: on 10. Oh, I started boy. on how 10 start? first, first off.
3: See, the golf course was made to start on one because I love, uh, I think, is it Craig C. Thomas did the design. He does this thing with uh, uh, how he gives you the first hole, give you a birdie or a par on the first, and then makes you hang on for dear life for the next 17. I love that. Um, I think it has the best back nine in all of golf. Uh, You have five, four, five par fours that are absolute monsters. And then the hardest one of all of them is 310 yards. So I think that's, that's beautiful. Um, I personally am from there. So that's, probably where this bias comes in just a little bit just guessing um but yeah um i think it's one of the best events to watch and i also think in the in this you know golf climate we're in where we keep talking about the distance issue and architecture and all these things that i i don't know enough about to comment uh i will say that riviera is not crazy long yet it seems to have a winning score or 12 under or worse every single year so i think that's that's quite quite fun to both play in and watch.
2: Yeah. George Thomas designed it. It is, I would George say, I would say from you guys professionally, I'm not sure you ever get a golf course. That's talked about like this, of course, Augusta and then where the majors are, but you know, year in and year out, this, this seems to be, and and, it, and as it should be, it's, it's just an unbelievable. It's one of those golf courses that there's not a weak hole on the golf course, one through 18. They're all awesome. They're all different. You've got to move the ball both ways. I, I always look at who's won there and you kind of get a feel for what the golf course makes you do. You have a great story. <laughs> you have a great story about playing with Dustin Johnson last year. What hole was it? 14, 15, where he hit, as you say, a shot that I think you told me you, you, you don't have the shot in the bag.
3: I don't have the shot in a, ba- in the bag. I couldn't buy the shot. Um, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't find the shot. If you gave me a map, there's no way. More than two people have that shot. Maybe three people have that shot. We're on 15 uh, at long part, long Long part, four dog leg, a little right. right. There's a bunker on the right that I have labeled in my book every year. I put a big X and say out of bounds because if you hit in this bunker, you have to lay up. It is a huge, steep face. You probably have about 170 yards in. There's just not a good spot in the bunker. And of course, I usually play that hole down the very left edge of the fairway. Avoiding it at all costs. Dustin f- hits a block uh, into the bunker, and uh, I go first. I hit a. I'm I'm pretty even with him club wise, or not. Uh, sorry, not lengthwise wise, but uh, where we are in the fairways even with where he is in the fairway. And I hit a six iron, I think, onto the green. Carlos Ortiz in our group, he hit I think a six iron onto the green, and then Dustin gets in there, and this ball comes out. I'm assuming he's laying up. He comes out straight up into the air, and flies three paces on the green and is closer than both of our shots on the green. And I went over to him and I, I mean, I was, it's rare out here that you see something you've never even (laughs) seen, (laughs) let alone considered as possible. So I said, what'd you hit? Six arm, bro. I'm like, all right, man, you're better at this than I am. (laughs) I don't know how you did that. Like it was, it was shocking, Um, but that was, that was really cool. Um, Also, that's what this golf course kind of does. It, 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 it allows for greatness, I think to be shown quite a bit more than um, some other golf courses that, that we play uh, out on this tour.
2: You've played with, with Rory, with Dustin, you walk with your head down when you play for the most part, you kind of are in your own world which of the players that you've played with throughout the tours over the years, which of the players do you almost have to not watch play because it'll almost distract you from what you're doing? Oh, that's a good question.
3: I mean, the one I should stop watching is Rory because what he does is, I mean, it is demoralizing (laughs) the way he hits a driver. You're like, what in the world? Like, and he does it every time. Uh, So that's, that's, that's but see it's also in a weird way it's super fun to watch because it's something that people again pay to see up close and i get to you know be as close as you could possibly imagine um there's nothing i i mean there's nobody that does something so great that if i watched it i think it would be uh, detrimental Uh, i do think it's fun there are times when you shouldn't Consume yourself with it, because if I were to ever try to drive the ball like Rory, I just don't think that I have a move that would produce something like he does. And I'm sure I do something maybe uh, that like he would want to get better at. Um, So maybe there's one half of one thing. Uh, Girl, but yeah, maybe maybe your, yeah. maybe
2: your mustache is better than his maybe he can't we, get we, that we can thick all, thing going. all
3: jokes aside uh it's definitely not the mustache <laughs> um i do have a rory <laughs> riviera story that i was gonna say last episode and i would like to say today um i'm gonna give this guy a shout out again stevie f baby on instagram go roast his his horrible instagram name uh steve my buddy steven uh my buddy josh and my buddy kyle come to uh riviera last year for the tournament we get terrible weather and um there's delays upon delay. so we were trying to basically play 27 holes a day or as many as we can get in, which meant that every day we're playing pretty much sun up to sundown and when the the horn blew for for darkness, uh, we would all kind of have to leave the golf course at the same time. So those three buddies of mine uh, would wait in the clubhouse, I'd go change, get my shoes, whatever, and then grab them and we would leave from the player lot. Uh, you have to valet your car uh at this tournament because first off we're uh, all hoity toity and we don't like walking, and second <laughs> it's a very very small parking lot. So we're walking out, and uh, you know all my friends like golf, but Stephen is a golf junkie, loves it, loves watching it, uh, loves all the players. And I am walking up the stairs, and like I said, t- I mean Tiger's walking out when we walk out. All these people, you know, golf legends are walking out while we're walking out. And I turn around, I'm walking next to Josh and Kyle, and I kind of look over my shoulder, and Steven is shoulder to shoulder walking up the stairs with rory i was like oh this should this should end this should be an interesting story and because i had noticed Stephen hadn't noticed yet so i see him kind of look right and they start talking (laughs) and i'm eavesdropping and this is imagine imagine you love golf and now you are within a foot in a in a safe space with rory mcelroy it's a big deal steven does the classic hey uh how about that weather huh (laughs) and we start kind of chuckling not trying to blow up his spot but we're chuckling and Rory's like yeah tough day he's like yeah we're out there pretty crazy day and they're doing this thing and then finally like they're staying there they they talked for a, a bit but you know kind of surface level stuff obviously and and uh this is friday afternoon maybe and uh we're now standing there kind of quietly and then rory's car comes and he goes all right, see you later, man. <laughs> we always joke. Steven would say, see you tomorrow. Big golf. <laughs> yeah, big golf, son. Huh? Uh, so that was all time favorite. That was, that was favorite.
2: his moment with Rory, his, and that's when he got out.
3: I want to, at some point, get Rory to sign a picture that t- says to Steven, how about that weather? huh?
2: <laughs> you need him to, you need to print out like a Doppler page and have him sign the Doppler page. You know, the, the, what is a over Doppler of, page? my buddy, Tim the and I Do- call oh, it the Doppler. <laughs> okay. Well, but
3: not all of us get that. <laughs>
2: it's a, it's a big, big accent on the a, what was your proudest moment of the week for you personally?
3: Uh, proudest moment of the week. I doubled one, which was my 10th hole at Monterey on Friday and I had really not done anything poorly uh, or had a real bad hole a whole week. Obviously, it had only been 27 holes, but I uh, felt like that was the part of the tournament that I needed to buckle down, that things weren't going quite as smoothly, and I ended up finishing with a couple birdies, no bogeys, shot two under, stayed in the tournament. Obviously, Nick ran away with it quite a bit from us, but um, I thought that with two great days in the wind, I could have made a run, so I was proud of that. Uh, My my, um, enjoyment... Where pride in myself almost always on a weekly basis comes from, uh, some sort of mental, mental toughness or mental moment where I don't either shrink in, in the moment or I don't, uh, get overly frustrated. I see the big picture. Um, cause I played well, I played, had another good week where I, where I swung the club. Well, put it well, chipped it well, did all the physical things. Well, I thought mentally I was pretty good. Had a couple tough nine holes, uh, on the weekend and you know, you get 14th place, which, um, uh, I would have paid, uh, both an arm, a mustache, maybe an eyebrow. Um, I have all the hair in the world to give, so I would have given as much as that as as, as any country or or continent needed, uh, just to sniff fiftieth place. So now to think that I didn't play my best and got fourteenth—that uh, was a very welcome welcome world i'm in at the moment uh i don't think that i've ever been disappointed with 14th as much as i was this week and that is actually something to uh enjoy which is uh like i said it's it's a welcome change
2: what's the and you can include amateurs in this in this uh answer what's the best shot you saw somebody hit this week
3: uh chris uh o'donnell hold out from the right uh greenside bunker on eight uh, at pebble, which was sick on the bunker. Right. Bunker. He hit the fairway, kind of pushed it in the bunker. His son, Charlie was caddying for him. Um, son plays a freshman in high school at Loyola. Uh, and he, he plays golf. So he was very knowledgeable. You could tell he was really enjoying his time and Chris hits it out and pins that middle back left one, um, kind of by the slope. And it, he had a great bunker shot. It goes to about two inches when it's long and it just stops. And then starts to roll and goes in. I jumped up like like a like a school. Like
2: Phil in 04. Yeah,
3: well, a lot higher though. But I jumped. <laughs> um, and I we were all so excited. It was such a cool moment. So it's it they thought at Pebble is my favorite hole in the world. So you made Birdie like on fun. Sunday. I did. It was really, really they, they showed they it on CBS. They showed it on TV. And then, and then it was just a slow decline for me. Um, I'm sure both both for uh on and off TV purposes. Um, uh, but yeah, that was cool. Aaron hit a really good one on um on, like I said, four earlier is in a hole in the dunes and hit this bunker shot at spy out to like a foot. Uh, you see a lot of good shots. Um, but yeah, Chris's was, Chris's was sick. Him, him holding that bunker shot on one of the most iconic holes in the world.
0: Let's take a quick break.
4: Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's ang or download the app today.
1: You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack
2: So a new idea from John. I'm going to try to say your last name. Oh, yeah, time. I got questions. Azekowitz on Twitter. He said for a segment idea, t- toughest on-course decision of your week. I thought that was a great question. What well, was the decision a where question, you guys man. were kind of battling back and forth?
3: Uh, Spyglass number 14. Um, hit At the a par really five. good drive. Yeah, par five. Pin was on the left. Uh, which is a pretty rare pin it's like on a perch there's trees in your way i don't care where you are in that fairway hit a really good drive and had um i was between four and five iron and felt like i was swinging the club well felt like it was a good moment uh to do something we were in between uh hooking a five iron and going at the pin or hitting more of like a safety not quite safety but more of a four iron that i don't think ever goes close but it could get on you know, somewhere in the back of the green or maybe just long where I could get up and down. And I thought that we decided um wisely to hit the shot where an awesome shot could go very close. And I hit an awesome shot and it went just on the front part of the green chipping and it was the easiest spot. But I thought it was just one of those moments where not only uh I think was it the right decision, it also, after hitting a great shot, sparked a ton of confidence in in you know, where I was with my golf game. I think sometimes the decisions, whether they work or don't, at least it shows where Joe stands on how he feels like we're playing, which makes me feel good about where I feel like I am. That's
2: so you didn't do this this week and I'm mad at you, but I'm not going to yell at you because you were a little busy. You had, you know, house guests and such, but you started feel good Friday on social I know, media I've been Terrible at this. last year. I'm this. Well, you year, say
3: last year like that was a long. I mean, it was only a couple months ago.
2: Well, that's fine. I just, last year was last year. So, you know, that's like the people on on New Year's Day that, that saw <laughs> that, you last year. Yeah. So I need you to be more focused on the Feel Good Friday because we're we're going to try to highlight on the podcast every okay. week your favorite response to Feel Good Friday. So on Friday, look out for a Max tweet, hopefully, and respond to that, and we'll start to roll those in because. You know we're trying to spread some positivity as well. We're trying to get people out here smiling. It's early in the week. they're at work. This is the time. What was the house like in the evenings? Was it just cooking and and hanging out is is that was yeah. that the most fun part of the week?
3: Yeah, it was for sure the most fun part. Um We had a taco night on Thursday where we had tacos catered uh you know. Friday, uh, we can't remember what we did Friday, but oh no, we went out to dinner Friday, um, which was a blast. Just the crew we had was so fun. Um, Everyone got along. uh, Everyone had cool stories. Listening to Danica talk about, I don't know a lot about racing. I felt like I learned a ton. Um, Everyone was very normal. And I think that that is something people usually are shocked by with someone like an Aaron Rodgers. Rogers and Danica Patrick, everyone was just very normal. Wanted to, wanted to be like, we would be at TP, you know, on a Thursday, just right chatting, talking about nothing. So, um, we had a blast Saturday night. was really fun. They were super stoked, uh, drank a bit, um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we all, we all had a good time. Um, and had a blast i have been failing on my feel good fridays but it's because i think i've been feeling too good on fridays oh, wow I think I wow need you're to saying you're
2: in too good uh, of a, a place bit. yeah
3: i actually did uh i had a question that Let's i got go. um or that i saw on yours i think this is from this and, is and by from, the way if
2: you got a if you got a question fire yeah, it at t- max homer Fire it at me. 23 right
3: 23 yep, 23 or at shane, bacon, at shane bacon
2: you can send it to us on instagram at get a grip pod there's a lot of ways to communicate Just let us know if you got questions when we don't go an hour and 10 minutes in, when we get to questions, we'll get to a few more, but Max has a couple. Let's go.
3: I have two questions. I I think this is the guy, Brian McLaughlin, uh, Brian McFly, great name on Twitter. Uh, I think this is the guy who started the roasting, uh, the golfing roast. Not sure, but he says, I've heard uh, you and a lot of pros mention that their caddies are great golfers. I want to know how the caddy feels being on the bag versus being the player. Is it a feeling that sort of eats away at them? that they're just not good enough to be pro or are they happy enough just to be around the game? I would say that first, first of all, uh, my caddy is, uh, really, really good from, I can't speak for all caddies, but, uh, from what he said, he actually enjoys it because he realizes that he wasn't ever going to be quite good enough to play on the PJ tour. So, uh, it doesn't eat away with him. It's almost like, uh, this is good that I didn't, I don't feel like I failed in any way. Like it just was one of those things. And he loves golf so much and has such a great impact on other people's games that I think he totally enjoys being around it because he knows that any week he's on someone's bag, they have actually played a few shots better than they would without him on the bag. So I think that that's probably how a lot of caddies feel that, that have been great golfers that they, they can see the game so, so well that they know how to navigate their player around the golf course, uh, without having to hit shots, not saying that Joe couldn't play great rounds of golf. And I imagine he'd make, you know, plenty of cuts or a handful of cuts, but at the same time, Joe, you know, found in his own game, you know, years and uh, years ago that, uh, it wasn't for him. And I don't think it eats away at him one bit. Um, I think he's very happy knowing that he has a huge impact on my or any, any other players game.
2: Yeah. I got a quote. I've had this on my Facebook page for, Years and years and years because it's one of my favorite golf quotes ever, probably my favorite. It's from Craig Stadler. There was a young All American on the driving range bragging to others about how good he was at golf. And Stadler apparently, and you know, this is how stories go, went up, and here's how the quote goes quote You see the guy next to you and the guy next to him, everyone everybody here, all Americans. There's an NCAA champion, yep. a US amateur champion, a British Open champion. Hell, some of these caddies were all Americans. So just so you know, nobody here gives a damn if you're an all-American or if you can even went to college at all. All anybody here cares about, can you play stick? And I always thought that was a great uh
3: That is a great quote because that is how it is. I you know, you go to these um these big amateur golf tournaments and you hear people from division 2, II, division 3 talk about what their accolades and stuff. And they hadn't been around a Justin Thomas before, but I just kind of be sitting around thinking like, yeah, you won all these tournaments. But like, so is he, I don't know where <laughs> we're going with this. And, and then, yeah, as you turn pro, you have a lot of people still talking about their amateur accolades and it always makes me laugh because Q school doesn't care. (laughs) It doesn't care how many terms you won in college. It doesn't care if you won the U.S. Amateur. It doesn't care if you played in the Masters. It does not care about one thing. You better be able to shoot 69 if I'm going to shoot 70. And um, that's the beauty of this game. Uh, There's no straight linear path to success and to greatness. Um, I think a lot of the guys that do, you know, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, those people who have had great college and amateur careers do turn out to be great, but there's also players like, uh, Robert Streb is always kind of who I think of. I didn't know a lot about him till we had dinner one night a couple of years ago. And it was just interesting. Like he wasn't, he was an absolutely great player, but he wasn't a super well-known player when he was in college. And now this guy's out here winning golf tournaments on the PJ tour. So it is uh, yeah, you start bragging about those accolades. It's perfect for someone like, like Craig to step in and put you in your place because <laughs> I, I don't, I haven't been, uh, I haven't been, uh, given anything because i was an all-american in college you better go out and earn earn the rest of it so uh that's that's the coolest part about this game there's really no handouts and uh yeah you better keep your uh keep your work ethic high uh because the next the next guy who you may not even have heard of now is is coming to kind of take your spot
2: yeah look at zach johnson i mean zach johnson with the drake he's won two majors and he's gonna be in the hall of fame and he was he's been one of the most consistent players and you know what it's one of my favorite things about those marquee NFL games when you watch them Thursdays, Sundays, Mondays and they had the intros where the guys say where what college they're from and you get plenty of Alabamas and LSU's and Texas and Ohio State and USC but and there then you are get Ball also State. you get a mix of yeah. schools you never heard of very small d1 schools it is directional schools can you please stick that's right that's what it is you've got a second question then we're gonna go
3: last question uh this is just about do i think uh uh we'll ever see an annual or biannual event featuring men and women possibly even a mixed team event i think this off the european tour event this week and i would love to see that um i'd be scared because i've Been lucky enough to know a lot of these women um, and even like Allison Lee since she was a little girl. And I didn't like playing with her back then when she was 12 because she just drummed me. Uh, So I don't really like losing in general, uh, let alone to people that I, you know, normally don't have to compete against. So I think that it would just uh, I lose, you know, I have to play one hundred and forty three other people pretty much every week. I don't want to be losing to even more than one hundred and forty three people every week. So that's my personal personal fear. Uh, But I would love to see it. They uh, I got lucky enough to play the CVS tournament this year. Rad facts and Billy Andrade's event uh where it is a mixed uh champions tour PJ tour LPJ tour I got to play with So young Ryu, I got to meet Brooke Henderson and Lydia Ko and Morgan Pressel and Paul Creamer and all these golfers who I lo- I love golf um I love obviously women's golf. Uh I got to watch them hit balls and talk to them about golf and and see what they do and it was so cool. Um they're legends and um I would love to be able to play alongside them. Uh, to watch them compete a little bit more, getting to play with Soyeon was awesome. She is an uh, absolute stud, so it was it was cool. I hope that they do that on the PJ Tour at some point. Um, even I know Lexi has played in the um, in that uh, Shark Shootout. Shark Shootout, uh, and I think that is a that is that is great. And it, I think it helps uh, both games. I think you can see uh, what you like about the PJ Tour. Maybe is maybe some of the length, but I also think that it will expose how important and how great the LPJ Tour is. Uh, because they they play a different game. It's a little less power, but it's a lot more precision. Um, the accuracy is obviously off the charts, but I, I think that it's underestimated just how good they are with clubs like a hybrid. I think oh that if we God. were hitting a seven iron and they hit a hybrid, I think you'd be shocked at how close they could hit. They the
2: hit ball. them five feet. It's unbelievable.
3: Yeah, and their co- competitive nature. I mean, Daniel Kang was out there this week, and she oozes competitive, uh, competitiveness. Uh, she was watching Mav. So uh, I think that we would like to see that as well. Um, So hopefully they do something like that. Uh, I'd love to be a part of it. Um, And I would love to have it be a team event where I could be carried by someone who hits it much straighter and much better than I do.
2: (laughs) Five weeks on the road, Max. Last week before you get a little bit of a break, but it's your favorite course of the year, favorite event of the year. You go into it or you do you take an extra day this week to chill and to kind of recharge? What is the plan? Because five weeks is a lot, man. You, You made all the cuts. You've been in contention for the last three weeks, for the most part. I I'm, I'm only imagine that takes the toll.
3: Yeah, it does. Uh, I have a charity event this week because I'm so philanthropic. I'm just an awesome and overall, famous human being. So and famous. famous. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing the, it's called the Give. It is, uh, this year we're doing, a, they're doing a charity to the SCPJ, which is Southern California Professional Golf Association and giving money to the junior programs. Uh, so I'm doing that today, but that'll be a nice fun day. I'm in a cart. So that's great. Uh, tomorrow, I plan on probably not touching a golf club. If I am in the pro-am on Wednesday, uh, I might go hit a couple balls, but I'm not really going to play any just to conserve energy and then obviously play Wednesday. But I'm trying to figure out. I don't play five in a row pretty much ever. I have definitely never been in contention this many times in a, or rounds in a row. So I'm definitely more burnt than normal. Um, but it is the reason we laid out the schedule like this is because I will absolutely be jacked up the moment I set foot on Riv- uh, at Riviera, because uh, that is my favorite place uh, to play golf. Uh, it is again, like my personal masters, I'll have a ton of friends and family out there. So it'll be one of those events that, um, uh, uh, the mental side of it will get geared up pretty, pretty easily. Um, so I'm just going to try to physically get a little bit of rest before I go into it.
2: When you go to the golf course, I've noticed, because, again, you're obsessed with Instagram at this point, and you post stories <laughs> all the time, you drive. You drive the car to the golf course. What percentage of PGA Tour players do you feel like drive to the course versus ride to the course and let somebody else drive them?
3: I mean, is I thought 50, about 50? that. No, it's got to be. Well, I guess maybe if their wife is driving. Or a but, caddy. Or caddy. Yeah, I guess if you're all staying together. I would say more drive than not. It is always funny to... To like look over um, this, you know in on the street and see another courtesy car and be like, hey Tiger, <laughs> like you drive too. Like this is so this weird. This is We're weird all doing this. Look at
2: us. Yeah, you gotta check <laughs> your blind, blind spot? spots. This is so yeah. wild.
3: So um, yeah, so I would say most do, but I know a lot of a lot of people um have have their wife, maybe their agent drive. Uh but yeah, my uh this week my my actually now I think about it, my uh caddy Joe drove every day because he picked me up in his his Versa. On the way to the golf course, nice. which if anybody hasn't, uh, they should really look into that car. It has a lot of lot of room for activities, uh, and it has quite quite the horsepower. So it was it was an exhilarating drive every morning to the old Pebble Beach. I
2: would like to introduce the world to the new spokesperson of the Versa, Max Oma. I'll rep it forever, man. Gotta, he's got a spot right on the back of his shirt. There's a yeah. logo area right there for the Versa. Jump Absolutely. on it. Max, I'm ready. I, I appreciate the time. This was uh, an early call for you on the West Coast. But you done great, my friend. Just a reminder, you can follow Get a Grip on Instagram at Get a Grip Pod. We've had, we had over like 1,000, 1,200 followers on that. I'm very surprised. Max is on Twitter at MaxHoma23. He's on Instagram, always on Instagram at Max.Homa. You can follow me on both. At Shane bacon because I got those early because I didn't wait till two thousand and twenty to jump on it
3: significantly less famous than 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 Max
2: he did have a burner instagram account also <laughs> miss, if you if you've made it this long an hour and twenty in you're Max in his golf in his golf bag has get a grip stickers he's probably got a hundred in his golf bag if you come up to him not during a tournament, but if you come up to him in a practice round or if he's walking to his versa. ask him for a sticker he'll pull it out and give them to you that's how nice he is Uh, play well this week i'm excited to watch this is one of my favorite events to watch all year as well
3: yeah thanks very much uh awesome job glad we got to get your background uh in here i think that uh what you've done is is really really cool um and something that's a little too unknown so um you know you are you're the brains behind this operation that we do uh, so, also, if people are complaining about the length of this, uh, Shane is the brains behind this. So, he has done all of the
2: bad things. S- send, send a mean message to at max.homa on Instagram. <laughs> Max, are we, sure, whatever. next week, potentially an in person pod, but we'll definitely do the next one in person. Exciting stuff. Plus, just going to leave this out there before we go. Possibly a live show. Coming up, Max Homa doesn't even know this. His face right now, he's just staring at the computer (laughs) right now. He (laughs) is nervous. Possibly a live show in the next couple of months. That'll be exciting. You guys have a great week. Follow Max, root for him. Go out and watch Rib if you're there, and we'll check in with you next week. Bye. Get a grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon is a production of iHeartRadio.
4: This is Amy Brown from 4 Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually